Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute was also influenced by Chris Corfus' presentation at the seminar, and that's the two-to-one brake squat. Similar to the brake squat, you want to make sure that the strap is long enough for you to get full extension all the way up in your toes. From there, give the wheel a spin and sink into the squat. When the tension is set, drive up as hard as you can to full extension. Pick up one of your feet and try to stop the strap as fast as you can without letting your heel hit the ground. Spin the wheel, try with the other leg. This is a great exercise that has awesome carryover to how you stop in your change of direction and agility work, and one that athletes will 100% see the correlation between how they move and the exercise. Give this one a try. I'm sure it's one that not only you'll love, but your athletes will enjoy as well. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you for having me, Jay. Yeah, dude, stoked to catch up. I'm glad you're doing well. It's funny, we were talking about longevity and being in the field for a while. It's just like, are you kidding me? This is the, this is still like the 20 year old kid who was at Boyles or, you know, and like coming down from Boston to Seavasp. But like, for the, quarter of a human being on the planet who doesn't know who Jill the Machine Zeller is. <laughs> Let him know who you are, where you're at, and how you got out to the left coast. Sure. Uh, this is coming up in my third season at SC. Um, I was at Wake Forest before that with Women's Hoops. Um, and yeah, prior to that, I was a Boston gal through and through and still am, don't get me wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, grew, grew up through Boyles, um, through North, Northeastern with Sarah Cahill, um, worked with USA Hockey with both of those uh, guys, and uh, then made the move to the ACC, which was an incredible experience, uh, being a, a one-sport uh, strength coach. And then, although that was an incredible experience, I knew I wanted to get back to some field sports and um, a bigger staff. and opportunity opened up here and it's a little bit sunnier and people are a little bit nicer and uh I work with some really good people so uh here we are year number season number three the part that just makes me giggle as a sports nerd is a kid from Boston who was in basketball goes to LA <laughs> yeah yeah well I <laughs> 
I mean, I was hockey through and through for a minute, but I was also like hockey, basketball, soccer, and then soccer, basketball, and then, you know, uh, yeah, soccer just kind of kept coming back. And um, uh, when I came out here, Coach Kadani is, is one of the best coaches in the country for soccer. And so uh, I, I couldn't say no. Yeah, and I think that one thing that, you know, has always struck me about you more so as a person than as a coach is just your willingness to give back and your, you know, a lot of us talk about the desire to leave things better than we found it. But I think that this is something that is truly who Jill is. And it's something that's brought some projects and some things that you've reached out to, to continue to do since you've moved out to California. Appreciate that. It's not what we do, it's how we do it, right? No doubt. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about some of these projects and these conversations that you've been having and, and let's get into some of those things because I think that I think that at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that for one reason or another, they're just like the beach balls that are always up in the concert getting passed around and people keep doing the same thing. And it's, it's something that I think that uh, some of us, I'm not willing to call you an old head yet because then I'm really old, but us <laughs> old heads, you know, I, I think can be better with. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, I, I've talked to a few fellows and, and younger shrink coaches coming up in the field and they asked me, you know, things, things I've learned and uh, I think two of the things I, I go back and forth with or, or have said multiple times is number one, learn your pillars, know your pillars, what are your non-negotiables? Um, you know, for me, that's still Dan, Dan John's do no harm. That's still definitely a non-negotiable pillar. Um, but in the same sentence, don't be married to one exercise. Uh, and, you know, every great train coach, in my personal opinion, says, if you're still doing the same program you did, you know, five years ago, then you haven't really expressed any growth. So um, whether that's just a uh, different foot position for your split squats, uh, whether that's a different loaded position, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, again, have your pillars. Okay, I, I know unilateral training is important to me and that's non-negotiable and that's going to happen. Uh, but don't get married to just, it's, it's just one way. Obviously, everyone says there's a million ways to skin a cat. So I feel like those are definitely two things I've um, said and, and evolved and put into practice over time. And the Boston through and through comes out when it's split squats, how you set your foot for your split squats. It's not <laughs> how you set your foot to squat. I love it. Yeah, come on. You know, I got to stay true to my roots. <laughs> no, I do. I love it. Because, you know, I think though, when you're talking about that, right, and talking about expanding and growing, you have to have your totem, right? Like in, uh, in Inception, you have to have like, these are, like you, you call them pillars, but even, even more like granularly, you have to have your like, your go-to. Because yeah. if you don't have a go-to when you're when you're stuck you have nothing to build off of exactly you know and that i think 
with, with a lot of younger coaches, I think that they kind of run into those things because they look at it and they hear someone say, you can't be married to an exercise. But then they also hear them say, well, but you have to have like your, your go-tos. And it's not that these go-tos are one size fit all and are going to fix every problem. But what you're good at is what you're good at. Amen. And what you can get people to do better, you need to get them to do better. So it's not like... Amen. It's simple. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're sitting here and saying you have to do a rear foot elevated split squat or you have to do a back squat or you can't load someone's spine but you need to do things bilateral we're saying you got to be yeah, good at I, something yeah i think it and it's how you sell it and and that's probably one of my biggest things is uh i feel like i constantly say like put your best foot forward uh and 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 i believe that and walk the walk when i say that and i say that to my athletes all the time like Put your best foot forward no matter what. And that might mean different things on different days. And I get that and I hear that and I support that. Um, but put, put your best foot forward no matter what. I think I had a, um, had a professor in grad school uh, that said that athletes are a reflection of yourself. And so I've just really run with that because I do agree with that. Like if, if give the energy and the respect that you want to receive. Uh, and I think that obviously starts with yourself and putting your best foot forward on the on the floor. So if you're not doing that, my personal opinion, how are you going to demand that from anybody else? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard. And I think though that that those are two really important things when you look at it too, right? Is that it's you've got a you know the what is the the kind of cheesy, almost cringy football line like the abc like always be coaching you know like oh, yeah yeah to to an extent though that's not wrong like if if you're going to it's very hard especially with the 21st century athlete to ask for something that you're not willing to provide agreed so when we look at that what are the things that makes jill go how is she sitting here to to do that and where along this way right because you had sarah you had ryan and now you've got a great staff out at, at usc and for those of you that are confused it's southern cal not south carolina um, appreciate that yeah um let's talk about that let's talk about where these plug and plays have come and what are some things that you brought with you that have impacted and sort of kept that wheel spinning Oh my God, that's such a good question. Um, I think, I mean, anyone that's worked at Boyles and, uh, you know, I think, uh, or had exposure to multiple sports and, and different levels of athletes need to know how to modify on the fly. Um, and I think that that's definitely something 
uh, like meet the athlete where they're at and that's mentally and physically. So like you said, let's say we're split squatting. Well, like one person might have their front foot elevated. One person might be in shoes. One person might be in socks. One person might be goblet. Like one person might be safety bar. Like it could be uh, a wide range. Uh, and as long as you have a reason for each of those, then sure. Uh, but I think uh, definitely it boils it's um, being able to adapt on the fly. Oh, like I have some back pain. Okay, well, here's what we do instead. Like know your lateralizations and your regressions, progressions like the back of your hand because you have about a split second to make that kid still feel a part of the session uh, and meet them appropriately with the right load. Um, so that's definitely something I feel like I, that's just a constant because that's just the nature of college athletics. Um, and having that dialect, uh, you know, like I see women's soccer after practice, one to 10, how was practice today? How, what is the most sore thing, things like that? Okay, let's take a set off or, okay, you know, if I have cleans or trap bar on uh, a day after practice and they're really nervous about it, okay, well, how can I meet them halfway or why are they nervous? Or it's just a dialect of, um, again, what what's the most appropriate for them at that time I feel like those two things for sure is is like my roots um I would say at wake and and probably what I picked up from boils and continued at wake is um my warm-ups I think you probably ask most of my athletes are known for being very extensive uh I'm a big jump throw sprint uh in my warm-ups uh like those are, again, pillars are non-negotiables. Uh, nothing we do in the weight room is gonna be as fast as sprinting. So that's a pretty easy sell when you say that to the kids. Um, any type of jumping and landing mechanics is our ACL prev. So um, we need to be able to absorb for force um, and produce it. Uh, and then your med ball work is just such easy um, power work and velocity work in season. And we've gotten a lot more four pounders and six pounders um that's probably a Cressy influence but um that's just such an easy sell for some in-season power work so um that was really helpful when I was at wake you know it's just such a long season uh and taking away from Olympic lifting uh, we did a lot more just jumping throwing and sprinting so probably those two things are things I've definitely brought to to SE and used uh or continue to use on a daily basis so then what, what we're getting at there then I would say is what's really important to Jill as a coach is making sure that the program is individualized without sacrificing the group sense to the team. Yeah, no doubt. So now let's talk about that in your new situation where you've got all of these teams that are in season at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not chuckling because I'm laughing. I'm chuckling because I have no idea how you can do this. And I'm actually excited to hear. How um, are we able to do that in a situation where we're so beyond now having to be in a supportive role to pick up what may be left from practice and whatever, but also knowing that like you had three games on Sunday. Yeah. 
I mean, and this, this is another nugget I would say to, I, I've gotten much better at, um, and being a one, uh, a one sports strength coach really helped. Like you have direct communication with the head coach when you are just hired for basketball. Uh, and that was very different than being a part of an Olympic staff. Uh, and I would say that's definitely something I picked up from Wake and I use here. Like I have conversations with the coaches probably every day. Um, so it's not just the athletes, it's what are you seeing? What do you think they need? Uh, you know, I'm watching the game and I have a certain lens, but obviously their lens is different. So when did we look our best? When did we look our worst? Uh, questions like that really, really help outline, okay, uh, this is what you feel we need. And then chances are the kids probably feel the same way. Like the, there's a really good coach is, is going to probably say the same thing the kids say like, yeah, we grinded on Friday just to get a few chances. And we barely run on Sunday 1-0 uh, and we were working as hard as possible. So I think, uh, I think I've just had a lot more conversations with head coaches about when did we look great and how can we support that? And what do you see on the field like or on the courts? Like, what do we need the most of? Oh, hey, they look really strong, but we need, we're dying by our third match. Uh, okay, great. That, let's address that. Uh, or, hey, like, we're, we can sustain 90 minutes, but we're slow to the ball. Like, okay, great. Like, then we can add, you know, some speed work in. So I think it's just having a lot more dialect with what the coaches are seeing on on the pitch or the court and trying to, um, trying to address that. And to be honest with you, <laughs> this past month, I've had three different programs for women's soccer. It's been kind of insane. Uh, and those buckets were made with me sitting down with the coaching staff saying, okay, what do you see? These girls need a little more fitness. Great. Let's put them on the Versa climber before they enter lift. These girls need a little more pop. Perfect. We'll do some band resisted jumps. These girls need a little more strength. Great. They'll do cleans. Now everybody's working at the same time and on the whistle and in cadence, but the coaches feel like they're being heard and not for nothing. The girls understand we're really trying to meet them where they're at like hey this is a bucket we need you to fill on the field so we're going to address it in here i dig it i think that's rad and i think that that's something that a lot of people really just have a hard time with because what we see because we've been educated in it we think is the final answer but there's a reason phone a friend was always a choice on you know, who wants to be a millionaire? You know, <laughs> getting that getting that help is important. Wow. Well played. Well said. Yeah. yeah. But listen, though, I'd selfishly, because I've run into this. You say, okay, so we're talking with the athletes. And we're talking about X, Y, and Z. How are you feeling? How's this? How's that? Where are we at with all these things? You're talking with the coaches about X, Y, and Z. Where are we at? How are we doing? How are these things? How do you handle it when the answers are different? Yeah, great question. Um, I think I just try and dig a little deeper. Like I'll go to the athlete first, because at the end of the day, like they're the ones playing on the field and it's their body. So not like I'm going to undermine the head coach by any means, but, okay, you know, like tell me more about that or like provide me an example or, um, you know, was this just this game or just kind of try and, maybe open up the conversation uh, a little bit more 
and then maybe circle back with the head coach and and see if there's any any common ground or compromise. Uh, and and most of the time, I'd, I'd say there is. Or they're like, oh yeah, we need to fill that bucket too. You know, I have a girl today that was like, I think I need to be in the fitness group. I'm like, okay. I circle back to the head coach. I'm like, hey, we know, you know, let's say her name is Mary, needs some strength, but you know, she's kind of inquiring about some fitness and like, oh yeah, that, that would be great for her too. Let's fill that bucket. Boom. So, so I think, um, yeah, I think that's probably just the, the next layer. Uh, and more times than not, it's probably something to add on and you just have to make sure that you're just doing one layer at a time. I think that's probably the biggest thing is when a coach is like, I need her to be strong. I need her to be fast. Like I need her to yeah. be fit. And I'm like, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh that that's gonna take some time and like let's pick more like what what's one thing you can hang your hat on and then i go back to the athlete or we have a discussion like hey for the next three weeks like this is what we're gonna hang our hat on like it's speed when you're in here like the intent is to move as fast as possible and then once we drive that home okay now like we're gonna move as fast as possible but maybe a little bit heavier or vice versa so i think it's also education on both ends like yes you want monsters i get that everybody wants that uh but then also educating both parties like it's got to be one focus at a time or we're we're, we're going to get lost in translation yeah and i think that what's neat about that too is it's not like you're sitting there and you're saying a third of the team is only on the versicline and a third of the team is only doing cleans and a third of the team is only doing these jumps you're saying they're doing that for a little bit of time and then they're training together also Yep. So you're giving That's, everybody what they want and you're still getting out of it what you feel is most important, staying with your pillars. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then I also Take think... Take some planning. <laughs> yeah, and, but I think too, though, when you look at it that way, right? It's like... As long as it isn't a health detriment, like someone with body image issues or someone who has some health issue that doing something wouldn't be in their best physical interest. Is it really going to break the bank if instead of doing jumps, they do cleans or instead of doing cleans, they're doing the Versa climber as long as everyone's happy. Right. And, and even when I made these groups a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I sat down with the coaching staff. This is the bucket we need to fill for the next three weeks. This isn't forever. It's dynamic. Groups are going to switch, but it's right now. So it also, you give them a carrot at the end of it. You're just saying, hey, put your head down for the next two or three weeks. We need to drive this home. Uh, and then what's nice is they're seeing that on the field as well. You know, we have girls who are maybe getting in for... 30 minutes that need to play 60 minutes. Well, like your fitness is going to be the thing to get you there. So let's put our head down for a few weeks and work on that. So I, so I think it's, you know, it's also how, how you present it. Just being like, this isn't forever. This is dynamic. Like we did it for a month and then I'll probably bring them back like next week and we'll, we'll start to, you know, train more. Uh, what's the right word? Uh, typical, if you will, typical team training. Uh, but yeah, just saying this is the focus for the next couple of weeks and 
this is what your coaches are going to ask from you, and I'm an extension of that, so this is what I'm asking from you, or this is how I think you can get there. Probably a better way to say it. Yeah, and I think, too, at the end of the day, right, it's, it's not like you're not taking their input and you're not providing autonomy and them to voice their opinion and them to build. Because as you said, like if they're training on a Thursday and they got a Friday or Saturday match and they come in and their hamstrings are cooked, things are getting moved. Yeah, always. So then let's talk about how that evaluation and that assessment continues as as you have these buckets set and you have these things built walk us through that so the team just came off the field and now the conversation goes how and then the decisions are made in what way you mean like do I manipulate volume or, or yeah? Or, so all of those those fluid periodization yeah. maneuvers that you make on the fly, like talk us through that because I think that that's also something when we're talking about younger coaches that they sit here and they're like, "Man, I spent weeks putting this program together, and if it's not three sets of six of single leg <laughs> RDLs, yeah. then it's like, man, it all goes to the you know, it all goes down the toilet." That's definitely, yeah, I think the older you get, you learn to ease up the reins a little bit. And I would say over the past couple of years, like less is more. Uh, it's not should you, or it's not can you, it's should you. Um, and, and I think it's important for the athletes to know that you'll, again, like you meet them where they're at. If, if they come in and they're like, Joe, like we just ended up playing 11 on 11 and we ran afterwards if we lost or this, that, and the other, and they come in and they're already like, I'm gassed. Well, how much are you actually going to get out of them? So if you take a set off and you're, <laughs> for the last couple of years, I've actually been, <laughs> I'm like, this is our appetizer. This is our main course. This is our dessert. For whatever reason, like food analogies seem to work pretty well. So I'm like, okay, this is our main course. Like I need all your energy for like these two sets and that is it. And then, you know what? I'm going to take dessert off the table. That's it. Like warm it up. Here's your appetizer, main course, two sets, and then we're rocking and rolling. And then typically that's like, okay, I can get my head around that. Like I need one top set or like two working sets and then I'll be done. Um, so I'd say, yeah, usually I back off in volume, not intensity. Um, and, and we go through that as well. We're like, hey, at the end of the game, I still need you to go, even if you're tired. So like our foot still needs to be on the gas. So that's our top set. So we still need to hit that. But yes, I can take the rest of the noise out of there. So I think it's two part. It's like meeting, you know, having the conversation of like, okay, I'll back off some volume. But again, going back to your pillars of like, well, we still need a P chain. I still need an upper pull and like an anti-rotary or whatever they are for you. So like, just give me one top set or one set that you can hang your hat on and then we're done for the day. And usually I have a pretty positive response with that. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's probably something that eight years ago, we both probably would have had steam coming out of our ears. <laughs> no doubt. You know, trying to 
what do you mean you can't do three sets of kettlebell swings? You know, like. Totally. Oh, gosh. You know, and then that's just like some of the stupid, crazy things, right? Where we sit here and we're like, man, like, if only I would have known. You know, if only I would have been able to, to exhale when I was in my 20s, you know, <laughs> to, to give some more of this space, like how far further along would I be at this point? But I don't know if that would have impacted it. I wonder if it's because for the most part, we're blockheads when it comes to these things to begin with a little bit. Stubborn. Yeah, that's a nicer way to say it. Um, <laughs> that we we learn by being knuckleheads yeah i mean for better for worse yeah i mean it's just like the kids yeah know, that's true the the kids do the same thing you know and it's it's going through those things and then understanding that there's someone behind us that doesn't understand those things that i think is where like this communication and this growth when it comes to what we're doing overall as a vocation still needs to evolve yeah well and i think covid like i'm you know i i know you went through this with your guys and and stuff like you have to start i mean for me everything was rpe based like any volume i thought we could do i you know i wouldn't say i tossed it out the window but i was like minus two reps of what I even thought was like getting in the door. Uh, you know, I would say one of my teams beach volleyball came back the most prepared out of any of the teams I've worked with because you could do that outside technically. And so they came back ready to go, but I'll let you know, like, you know, full disclosure, our speed sessions <laughs> week one through four were pretty much a dynamic warm up. Uh, some different type of start variations, uh, a med ball and a jump and competitive sprints. Like that was the session. And our RPEs were sevens and eights. I was like, well, then let's stay here. Um, and our volume was so low. Um, so I think it was uh, COVID in a way like really brought that to light of like less, less, is, less is more, less is more. And maybe just working on you know, a skipping and, and some low level rhythmic movements and, um, you know, uh, finishing with a, a couple of competitive sprints was all we could handle. And, and maybe that was two reps, maybe that was four reps, but it was, again, full disclosure, it was low. Like volume was mm -hmm. quite low, uh, but it had to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, the NCAA said what it was supposed to be like 50% or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then on top I was, of that, I would say I was even. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm with you. But like, even <laughs> even after that, right? It's like the hard part for me looking at the outside in is we sort of knew when we were starting with basketball, like that got pushed back a little bit. But knowing that, like your women's soccer team wasn't going to play until February. Like getting those women to come and start training in August or September or, you know, whenever y'all started class, like. 
Those are dark days. Let me tell you what. Yeah, like what I couldn't imagine is a the mindset of those individuals, like coming into a situation where they're just like, basically like what all of us were doing. What are we actually doing right now? Like, <laughs> are, what are we preparing for? Because at that moment, when they would have shown up, they should have been competing. They should have been lacing up their boots and going down the street and playing UCLA. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was a, there were some dark moments, especially in August when they felt that. And we, I don't think we were in contact at that point. We couldn't even scrimmage each other and talk about like letting go. You know, a part of you was like, we need to prepare for preseason. So we need to condition hard. And then that gets, you know, pulled or postponed, but you still can't practice yet. So they're just showing up to conditioning, but we don't know when our season is. And at that point, I'm like, okay. And it got dark, meaning like motivation is low. And I get it. I'm right there with them. Like you want to play soccer. You don't want to just show up and run every day. I, I hear you. Like I'm right there with you. Um, so I just started making competitions. Uh, uh, I, I gave them something to compete about, whether it was um, circle runs or um, wickets or challenges that had nothing to do with fitness. Um, I actually put them into teams and uh, every day was an opportunity to like gain points. Uh, and then to be totally honest with you, it lasted through what I would call our COVID season. So first semester. And when they got back for spring and we tested our fitness, that was like their last opportunity to gain points. So it lasted a couple months. Uh, and then the winners got a, a t-shirt and uh, now that's gonna be an inaugural event. So every off season, we're gonna make teams and hit it hard. And uh, I think our slogan for that now is survival of the fittest. So um, that was at least one way to Get, get them hyped about something, anything. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was really, really, really tough, especially when there was no, there was no um, like proper date. There was no date in sight. And then once we, once we played our first game, man, it's amazing how it's just higher output. All of a sudden those nagging injuries, right? Like semi disappear. They're like, oh, what do you mean? My hamstring feels fine. It was like, yeah, you just sprinted to get that 50-50 and crushed it. Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're good to go. Uh, it was uh, once games started and we could compete, it's just a world of a difference. And everything's lighter and funner and um, now we're, we're doing okay. Yeah, I think that that's the hardest part is everything that everyone, like from coaches, support staff to the athletes down that they wanted to do what they were coming in to do was taken from them and yeah. then it's like what's kind of crummy is that basically the NCAA was like so strength coaches hey uh no one wants to be with you but guess who gets <laughs> to be with you you guys get to do all of it and they're gonna yeah. hate it so you guys <laughs> high five there you go pretty much yeah like a cool thing yeah yeah cool thanks thanks i'll do everything <laughs> um and i think even just small stuff and this is probably something uh i know boyle still says but like 
rank record publish like that's such an easy way to still get people to get competitive on the smallest things like it, it hydration who's the most hydrated uh okay they get the break today like i literally did that with women's cross earlier today um it, it could be something as small as that or obviously something you know highest beat test score or things of that nature but uh or highest vertical jump that day uh but I think that that's definitely something uh, I started to use like during our COVID season and have continued with. Uh, and I think they should know, like, if you think you, you know, you're the top dog, like let's see where you're at relative to your teammates. And probably something I've definitely done over the last year, at least with my teams is <laughs> for better or for worse, uh, I'll provide information of, oh, well, like, this beach volleyball girl just got a 17-7 on her beat test. And I'll tell that to a soccer player. Like, I'm just providing information. Uh, or like, you know, a, a soccer gal, I think her PR for chins was uh, 12. Then I have a lax girl going up for a max chin ups. And I'm like, there's so-and-so on soccer just got 12. And then she bangs out 14. And uh, so one, I think it's important for other athletes to other athletes Two, just because there's a sign of respect there from one elite performer to another. Two, I think it's especially important for strong women to know other strong women. And then three, it's just fun to <laughs> chirp everyone and uh, run around. And it just gives them context. Uh, like even, I just had a conversation with my boss who was uh, baseball and we just put up on our Instagram, we have like three girls doing chin-ups with 25 pounds uh, for women's soccer. and. He went and told his baseball team that, and then everybody else started grabbing 25s and 45s. And now, of course, like this is, we're cognizant of who we say this to when we say this. Like the point isn't to A, make anyone feel tiny if they can't even do a chin up. Like we're not going to tell them that. Like B, we're not just saying like load the shit out of it and we'll get you on Instagram. Like, there's, there's taste and thought uh, that goes into providing that information. But uh, I think that's probably another thing I, I did during COVID was like, oh, like everyone else is working and hitting these benchmarks uh, just to maybe more like amp them up and let them know that like, like, you know, we're in it together. Like you might not see them, but everyone, everyone's doing the same thing uh, and pushing, the, trying to push the needle to the right. Cause that's what any elite performer does. And if you can get them to compete against each other a little bit too, that's fun also. Oh, no doubt. I mean, like I said, so I, uh, yesterday, it was yesterday, I went up to, <laughs> I went up to one girl and I said, hey, so-and-so just did two chin-ups with a 25 pound plate. And she was like, okay. And she did a 10 to five. I was like, give it a go. Knowing I know she could do it. And then she does it and I publicly praise. And then I go over to another girl who I think can do it. And I said, did you just see that? She was like, yeah. She's like, what do you think? She's like, I'm gonna go for it. And then I go over to one other girl who I know can do it. And I'm like, you just see those two? I was like, I think you can do it if you feel confident. She's like, okay. And, little, and again, it might sound like I'm not coaching, I'm just running around gossiping, but uh, <laughs> then we had three girls go for it. And again, I know that they, are in a position to be able to do that successfully. Like I would never tell someone that if one, I thought they were going to hurt themselves, but two, I didn't think they could actually do that. But all I had to do was say, hey, P hit this. Uh, I'm just letting you know. And then she went and grabbed the 25 on her own. I go, hey, Corey, like, 
kills and pee just at this. I'm just letting you know. And then she grabs a 25 and smokes it. So uh, I definitely think that's a huge, huge, huge uh, part of uh, all I'm doing is just providing information and they want to beat each other. Like that's what an elite athlete wants to do. They want to be the top dog. And, uh, and we talk about that a lot. And it's not just even being the top dog, it's, it's leaving a legacy on the program. So it's, can you beat yourself from last time? And, and then can you set, set a benchmark or, or push the standard for the program? Um, so we'll see. Uh, I hope one of them gets a 45 by the end of the season. That's You're right, dude. Uh, but where can people keep up with you more, Jill? Where can they see what you're doing, what you got cooking out there, and what you're building? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jill the Machine Zeller, my IG. Um, you can email me at any point in time. Um, uh, just ask me questions. Obviously, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, yeah, probably those two. Not really big into Twitter these days. But uh, yeah, just just hit me up and uh, or come visit when that's available and cool and see for yourself. Big component. Don't talk about it. Be about it. So if you think I'm full of shit, just come watch a session and make your own <laughs> make your own uh, decision or. Love it. <laughs> Doors open, folks. Head on out to Cali. Go see Joe. Yeah, but no, yeah. dude, I'm so glad you're doing great. It's great to see you. Shoot, it's been too long, and and we should have done this way sooner. But I'm I'm stoked to get you on here. I'm stoked to catch up, and I'm so fired up for you. Grateful for your time as always, Jill. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, my man. It's been a minute. No doubt, dude. It's been, it's been since drinking beers in the freaking quad over here in Richmond <laughs> like three years ago. Man, that was a conference of the ages, though. They were fun. All right, tell they me the fun. best thing that happened to you today. Give me a positive. The uh, best thing that happened to me today. Today yeah. is the 75th day of 75 hard. So the best thing that's going to happen to me today is I can go to sleep and I can wake up tomorrow and I can drink a beer or I can have a cookie or I can have some ice cream or something. Hell yeah. God, I sound like a fat drunk, but no, it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy, dude. Like this program thing, like the guy who put it out and I've talked a ton about it. Like he's a different cat, but, uh, it's taught me a lot and it's something that's helped me get through all of this craziness of the season. Cause it's, uh, yo, it's been hard. And it's, uh, I can't imagine having three teams in season playing three games in a day right now. Like just thinking about like the ups and downs that we've been through, but nah, dude, that's the best thing was probably stepping on the scale. And I know that that's a terrible thing to say, but stepping on the scale and seeing a number that I haven't seen since I was 18 years old. Yeah, you look lean, brother. Yeah, almost too lean. Like, I definitely need to have a cookie at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. awesome. but no, dude, it's it's great. What about you? What's the number one thing that Jill did today? <laughs> oh, I did see everybody today. Uh, I'm going to probably give it to my session with beach volleyball. We were out in the sand, and uh, they those girls compete, man, and I'll – I'll tell you this. So we're doing a quick footwork drill and I'm like, okay. And then sprint through the line and I'm like, ah, I need a little bit more from them. So uh, I'm fortunate enough to have an intern with me. I'm like, Jack, call out who, who wins. And then all of a sudden their effort through the line is through the roof. I'm like, that's all it took. I'm like, dang, Jill, come on. You should have done that from rep run. So then they're doing a footwork drill and it's like, okay, Megan won it. Then Joy won it. And I'm like, yes, that's the level we need. Uh, 
that was probably uh, probably my favorite moment of the day. I was like, yes, like I got I got the level I wanted of uh, or the output I thought we needed uh, without having to like make a whole big hoopla. All I had to do was call a name out for the first person to finish through the line. That's right, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> but that's what that's what makes me tick. That's, Those little things, you, you know. Uh-huh. hundred percent. Well, listen, dude, I am truly grateful for your time and it's great to see you. And I'm so glad you're doing awesome. And we'll be in touch soon. No doubt. I'm gonna send you some cookies. Oh, dude. They they won't last. <laughs> All right. Hey, I appreciate, appreciate you, you, my man. Yeah, as always. Cheers. Cheers.